Welcome to Dynamics of Dialogue. This is your host, Ty Davis, and I am excited to be in the studio today with distracted millennials, Alicia Hi. and Rico. How are y'all doing good today? Morning. Good morning. I'm well, good, well. Good. Yay. I am so glad to have you here. Uh, this month, I invited you to be here uh, because I am highlighting entrepreneur millennials. Yeah. Millennial entrepreneurs. Um, you all are, you have launched this video podcast and yes. you all are rocking and rolling yes trying time. trying thank, thank you. you thank you so what let me let me talk to you first about what is your your inspiration for doing this well I feel like for me um, my biggest inspiration for doing this was just to um, let people know that uh, it's not always good and that it's okay to not be you know, a millionaire or married or whatever. Um, and to also make sure that people older than us and younger than us understand like our age and you know, what we can or what we're going through mm -hmm. at our current age and current stage because a lot of times on social media all you see is the good. Yeah. You know, nobody really tells you about the bad and the struggles and things like that. So that was my biggest reason for launching this was that um, we share that part of it. Okay. And I guess for myself was, you know, to kind of get rid of the misconception around who we are as a generation to, you know, a lot of people down who we are we say we're distracted or say we don't have much going and you know are lazy and things of that sort so mm -hmm. to kind of help you know other generations understand that we have a lot going on and we are pioneers and a lot of what is going a lot of the things that you know older generations are using and the younger generations are going to use is starting from us and with us so definitely that was my inspiration to try to get you know again change the misconception of who we are for sure change the misconception yeah, because you're right a lot of people do say that millennials are are, are just complete well everybody's distracted it's not just yeah right <laughs> but you know but right. it's always placed on uh like our age group that 18 to like 21 type yeah. of like they always say like oh you guys are always in your phone you're not paying attention you're not mm -hmm. all of this so mm -hmm. um it's just hard for us to we, I think we just want to make that clear that, yes, we are distracted, but, yes, we are getting things done as well. Absolutely. Yeah. That's why I'm so, I mean, listen, I've got, you all are podcast. I got two podcasters, millennial podcasters coming on this month. The, um, the, the next uh, group coming, I think it's next week. I have to look at my schedule. Mm -hmm. But I know in this month we have the Pussy Party Cop podcast. Have you heard so of that's what that I have is not. Now? I have not. Woo! They're talking about. This is a really interesting podcast because they talk about, um, you know, women's sexuality, mm -hmm. which is really bold. Right. Because, you know, women, our sexuality is, is suppressed. So yeah, definitely. I, I lift that up that, you know, I think that there's a boldness and a courage that millennials have. You're right. not really worried about respectability politics, whereas a lot of people from my generation mm -hmm. are still stuck in that whole right. respectability thing, you know. Um, and it's really oppressive. Right. It's really oppressive, and I love to see you all soar. I love to see you all fly. So talk to me about some of the things that you've got going on for your podcast. <laughs> So far, we're just working more so on getting our understanding across of who we are, 
Um, the fact that we aren't the same as every bunch of millennials. Of course, we do have our tendencies like everyone else, but we're not the same. We're kind of going out and making sure we talk on those serious topics that a lot of us millennials are afraid to talk about sometimes due to the fact that, again, you know, we're unkind. Social media is not the friendliest place to be sometimes. So kind of touching on touchy subjects such as self-healing, relationships, um, co-parenting, and things like that. So, so far, it's all we're really doing is trying to push some of those serious topics out getting people comfortable with talking about certain things and connecting with us as millennials and being able to just be open on social media and on the internet in general and just be true to themselves and true to us because we're here to help also. Mm. Mm. And that's awesome. Mm. So do you all have plans for, so, well, let's go back to talk about the human nature because I've watched that. I've, I've watched a lot of your, you know, I've read, I'm, of course, you know, I follow Yeah, yeah, right. sure, for sure. Thank so, you for engaging. Really of course, engaging. Yeah. <laughs> of course, you know, because you all do. You, you bring up and you Healing week um, for us was uh, hard. It was trying um, for us because when we launched Healing Week, we scheduled it that week um, a week in advance. And we scheduled it with our friend who unfortunately uh, took his own life. And um, so the week we did Healing Week, it was supposed to feature him. And uh, we took that really hard because we felt like maybe we, if we would have did Healing Week that week, you know, before when we talked to him about it, then maybe um, we could have changed something. And it's not okay for us to blame ourselves. Um, but we, we definitely took it hard. So that one Healing Week that we did ended up turning into two, a two-week process. So that first week, it was just asking everyone else's opinion. Um, have you ever had suicidal thoughts? What stopped you from doing it? Um, what are your ways of coping with that? Um, and then week two was our transparency week where we told people how we're feeling and that it, it wasn't easy for us. Um, we just did the funeral. Um, so... Uh, it wasn't easy for us, but I feel like us doing that transparency and having other people pour into us during that time, I think that it helped us a lot with um, going through that. And it was we could just be open about it, and we got an outpour of support during it. And the amount of people who said that they had suicidal thoughts was alarming. Yeah, like, I mean, from... 15 all the way up like we had a lot of people with those thoughts and the only thing that kept a lot of them was either a parent how the parent would feel or their children and I felt like personally like because I've been to that dark space and I know that that dark space is a lonely place so to have that many people have been in that dark space it was alarming and we're working on things um that will come out in a few months that we feel will help those situations. That is so. so good. I'm so glad you're doing that, you know, and again, I'm, again, part of that is, you know, maintaining the transparency. I, I've shared that I've had suicidal thoughts. It is just, you know, understanding that 
the show that that's that that we just the last show we recorded we talked about trauma right complex trauma mm -hmm. and most um african americans are living with complex trauma mm -hmm. because it's not one traumatic event that we're recovering from yet it is a series of repeated events. right yeah. like we talked about earlier you all are as as children we experience levels of discrimination in school that right. really are impactful <coughs> to us you right. know, i remember my first grade teacher called me the n-word and that was really yeah oh i lived in new york yeah yeah my family I was the second generation of Ooh. black students to go to that school. My father was in the first generation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, you know, these are the, the sacrifices that we made. These are the way things changed when we moved from our own communities. Into integrated communities. Into integrated communities. Mm -hmm. um, so that is exactly what the dangers are, mm -hmm. you know. And, um, and, and so we, we go through these various levels of trauma and then understanding that the way we discipline our children involves violence. Right. You know, and, and the way that the messages get lost, because in our community, I know that a lot of us have heard, I'm doing this because I love you. Right. But we're not understanding that what that does is that it sets our children up to not be able to tell the difference between, between love, love and, and a, right. 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 So, you know, there's a foundation that we are raised with culturally that is not, I won't even say it's a fault, um, because, you know, there is no shame in being who you have think you have to be right because that's what life has taught you mm. but at the same time we have to learn a new normal right so that yes. we can save this generation right you know and those to, to come and those that come that's right. how we heal just because it's been tradition doesn't mean that we should continue to be this way mm -hmm. you know we have to look at the result and for some you know i just saw an article saying that you know, suicide rates among this demographic is so high and they don't know why. I, right. It's clear, you know, and aside right. from this, not even just racial, you, all kids are facing going to school um, and facing, you know, scared of, of, of getting shot up. There's not safety in school. Right. You know, there's not, there's no safe spaces right. uh, for millennials. And I'm, I'm so grateful that you all are providing a voice. That is, it is, it is a tremendous thing to do because many of us, you know, uh, and, and from my generation, we didn't know anything about that. Mm -hmm. Right. At, at your age. We and didn't I, have those conversations. I feel like that's um, part of the problem as well, that even talking about these things, mm -hmm. we still have those situations where our parents are not sensitive to what we're doing or how we're reacting or... Um, what we have going on and it's just like okay like how do you not see how do you not know and it's just i feel like especially the generation before us mm -hmm. we have to they have to be willing to learn this new way um and the generation after us has to be adapting to this new way because quite honestly, like I'm more afraid of a younger African-American <laughs> or a younger white mm -hmm. Caucasian mm -hmm. individual than I am anybody else because they're reckless. But I feel like they're reckless because they don't know. It's, it's, I think it goes deeper than that. I think it's a part of it is they don't know. And I think the other part of that is not being able to see value in themselves. Correct. I hate using the word terrorist because really these people from the Middle East, they are, there's a reason why they're that way, right? Right, right. So, it, it, you know, when, when people are living under trauma, 
in a war type zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and and when I, I say that to make the correlation, because one of the things we don't understand is that growing up in the hood, right, that is hood trauma, what traumatic, we call right, slang, but really. It is like when you're growing up where you have to be constantly hypervigilant about your surroundings. Right. Mm-hmm. That is the same thing as, as living in a war zone. It's right. You're in a state of constant crisis. Right. Mm-hmm. So it puts people in a constant state of now. Right. Now. They can't see themselves in the future. Right. So what we have is this new generation of young person who cannot see themselves in the future. Right. Because all of these options are just diminished. They're being chopped away right. consistently, right. you know. Um, and so, when you show people that they don't have any value, they don't have anything to lose. Right. I don't think that that's just a, a now thing, or mm-hmm. I I don't feel like that's a I I feel like that's a across the board thing mm-hmm. because when I was younger, I had no like I you can ask Ricardo I. I tell him every birthday is a blessing. I never planned on being older than 19. Mm. So everything else is a bonus for me. And just so I just have to pause and hold space for that. You didn't plan on being older than 19. No, I had no vision past 19. I didn't I didn't have room for college or being an entrepreneur or anything. Like I had in the beginning, I had um, plans on, you know, when I was freshman year of high school, I had my entire life plan. I was going to marry this guy and we were going to do this and, you know, all this. I was going to go to this school. He was going to go to that school. But then we broke up and my family life was terrible. So this was my life. And then we broke up and it was a downward spiral from there. So after that, I, I had no plans after 19. Because everything just fell apart yeah. right in front of you so early. Yeah. Nothing Nothing more. After 19, I was just like, okay, well, I graduated high school. I did what my parents want me to do. That's enough. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing that's, and, and, and we're talking about an entire generation of young person that this is the experience. Mm-hmm. That's where the real tragedy is. And I thank you for sharing that. Um, I'm glad that you found your purpose. <laughs> yeah. I think finding purpose yes. is part of what um, sustains us. Yes, yeah. definitely. You when you find purpose, then you can see yourself in the future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even I feel like even like I feel like this is my bonus life. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I always knew that I wanted to help people because of my life growing up. Mm-hmm. But, I mean. When you your parents don't have money, you know, you come from a broken home, things like that, like college is not accessible because school wasn't on the top of your to-do list. So you're either paying out of pocket or you're getting student loans that you have to pay back. So I had no desire to do any of that. Um, so after my attempt, the second one anyway, um, I realized that somebody, one of my coworkers called me in the interim and um, she said, listen, I don't know what you're going through. I don't, I can't tell you, I know how you feel, but I'm here if you want to talk. And we ended up talking for two hours and I, I had drove to Lake Lanier and I was going to drive off the dock. And um, so uh, when she talked to me, she talked to me for two hours 
first hour, I still sat there contemplating that once I get it, I just wish you would hurry up talking so I can still finish. And um, she ended up talking to me for two hours. So the second hour was my drive back home. And um, after that, I, I want to be that person that talks you off that ledge. And so from then, I just took that and here we are. So I feel like, you know, again, a little bit of what we're doing is very important because it creates that space for us to open up and talk about situations like that. Because, you know, even my attempt was called an act. You know, it was called a thing for a call for attention, in other words, and things of the sort. So and that's I, what happens. Like people downplay it. Yeah, downplay the situation. Mm-hmm. It was my own family, you know, so it was just. I rarely ever talk about the situation, you know, although it was very life-changing for me. I don't talk about it because, again, you know, the backlash that I got for even trying to do something of the sort. And so, again, I feel like this is just very vital because people don't understand, you know, that even if it is a call for attention, it's still something something that was, you know, acted upon. Like, you can't deny that part at all, that this person had those thoughts and who's to say that that call for attention won't get worse and try to do it again because they never found that safe place to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So I definitely feel like, you know, what we're doing is very powerful. Uh, I won't really open up too much about the situation, but, <clears throat> um, you know, later on in life maybe, but it's just all, it's vital. It's vital for us, our older generations. You know, we have our avid follower who's like always on our Facebook page, who's, you know, she's yeah. opening up yeah, about definitely. everything. You know, she's uh, from the older generation above us, and she uses this opportunity now, because, you know, apparently, you know, obviously, they didn't have social media back then and no. things to open up like that. So she's so transparent who she is. She's posting on our page all the time. She reposts us all the all time. The time. She and did our entire healing week with yes, us. Yes, and it's like, Aww. you can tell she never had that opportunity, so she's 
Yes. You know, using this now to clear her energy with her ex-husband. And see how beautiful that is? Because what this does is it creates that bridge between these generations. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, and that's why people find it so brave. And that's why I really wanted you all to come on the show. Because what you're doing is powerful. You're creating connections. You are being intentional about what you're doing. You're creating space yeah. for people in your generation to talk right. about these suicidal thoughts. Right. Yeah. And when you do that, people will come. Yeah. It's it's important to to talk about it. Like Rico said, he doesn't really open up about it. Mm-hmm. I know because, I mean, that's my best friend. But mm-hmm. um, I think that it's important not only to talk, but to actually listen and like listen not just hear me but listen to what i'm saying you don't get to decide that my cry for help is just attention seeking you don't get to decide how what you did impacted me right. you don't get to decide that this is my life and my truth and you get to tell your side the way you see it yeah. so like he said he doesn't really talk about it my family up until when did I post that? My birthday? Up until my 26th birthday, I posted, you know, I told them. Because I, I always tell my family, like, yo, this is such a blessing. Such a blessing. And they don't know why I say that. So on my 26th birthday, I was completely transparent. And I posted this really long, every, and I just spilled it. Like, I am recovering from depression. I am certified clinically, dipre- uh, clinically diagnosed bipolar. I have attempted suicide multiple times and I am still here and I have a purpose and it's not just my son. So when I posted it, it's like you see it and then you ignore it. My stepmom did like reach out and say, you know, I'm so glad that you found your purpose and you're still here with us. But my parents don't know to the extent of what this was for me. Like, they don't know where, when it happened, how it happened, why I decided. Like, my, we haven't talked about it. Even though you've seen this, we still don't talk about it. And I guess because you feel I'm in a better place now, but healing is a constant battle. We don't, it, you don't just wake up one morning and say, you know what, I meditated last night. I'm good. I'm great Listen, <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, what you're saying is so powerful and it just makes my heart so full. You know, because I wish I had that understanding in my 20s. You know, I didn't get that understanding until I was in my 40s. Yeah. You know, um, and it's, it is everything you're saying. You know, it's the reason why it's so critically important for us to listen to our children. When my son told me that there were things, you know, that I did, I had to listen. Right. You know, I, I, had, I, I mean, it's. People are losing their relationships, yep. losing families, yep. walking away, yep. you know, and some of us are losing loved ones permanently yep. as a result. And I feel like if you, if you love, if love should conquer your fear of looking at yourself, yep. love can. And it, to me, this process of healing has taught me, you know, people, I used to hear people talk about um, how love conquers all and love, you know, you can't conquer hate with hate you can only conquer hate with love and right I, I i used that is just total bs yep period <laughs> 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 gonna show no love to nobody that's doing me wrong right but i understand you know we 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 sloganize it saying hurt people hurt people but it is really true yeah mm-hmm. it is really true and and this
pushing that hurt back out, ignoring the hurt exists, that doesn't that doesn't, that doesn't it only help. makes the problem worse. Yep. It only makes it worse. And I think that if you really want your loved ones to be here, just listen. Just listen. Open up your heart, open up your mind. You know, your ears. And your ears. There's <laughs> nothing more important. I mean, you know, you all are our future. You all are our future and we have to allow that space for you to be who you're gonna be. You know, our, I think culturally we've had this way of really steering who we think people should be because collectively we've been monitored, right? Collectively, if you know, when black people commit crimes, it's black on black crime. There's no other term. Nobody There's no white on white crime. There's no such thing. Nobody has a term, white on right. white crime, Latino on Latino Latin. crime. Right. None of that exists. So right. black, the focus is so heavy on us. So if one of us does something, All it's of us. everybody. Yep. And it's this horrible tragedy that just stays with the whole race know, as a whole mm -hmm. right you know so and so there's that that's why there's the pressure to be this way but at the same time we're we're stunting we're preventing each other from growing mm -hmm. from expanding and that's what i meant earlier when i talked about in my book you know we think that it's love but it's really a wounded version of love mm -hmm. and right. we and, and and we're setting our children up to fail Right. If we don't open up that space, yeah. I'm so excited that you all are doing so many wonderful, wonderful things. <laughs> Thank so, you so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. And it's, um, you know, as I talked earlier about how it's so important for us to, you know, get other generations, but I think it is very important for ours alone, too, because we lack a lot of communication within just ourselves. You know, yes. there's a lot of disconnect within ourselves to say, you know, to say that you have <clears throat> two other, you know, millennial podcasters coming on the show. It's like, I would love to meet them because we were just saying how we don't feel like there's too many people in our age group doing things of this sort and creating spaces like this because we're totally judgmental. We're totally prideful we're just act we act like we know it all sometimes and we don't feel like we need to reach out all the time so just in our generation alone there's a lot of disconnect because everyone's kind of like this crabs in a barrel mentality especially in our culture also with us being black people and you know it's being so targeted i feel like they divide us a lot and um you know, so I just, again, like you said, you know, I, I just feel like it's very powerful for us to do this, even for our generation, because, again, there's a lot of us that are lost. You know, there's a lot of us that really don't understand and mm -hmm. things that they can learn and put out there. Yeah. To piggyback off of what you said, I feel like it's important for our generation, not because we're targeted or lost or anything like that i feel like we're being programmed yeah because I social media tells right. us what we need to look like yeah. what we need to dress like yeah. who we need to be and all of this so when when it comes to that point where it's time to go to the club mm -hmm. and you see this girl on instagram she got all these likes but she wearing these jeans with her butt out yeah. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I got to go get me a pair of jeans with my butt out so mm -hmm. I can get all these likes on Instagram. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. There's people who <laughs> I'm laughing because I know this personally, but there's people who live their life on Instagram as if they're this person. They're this, they have it all together and they're happy. Mm -hmm. But as soon as they turn their phone off, lock their screen, they're miserable. And I know this person personally, 
Why do you do that? Why do you feel like you need to keep up this facade? If you're not happy, scream that from the mountaintops. Well, right. you know, again, because we have to, we haven't created space for it in our culture, yeah. right? Because we yeah. even we 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 make everything about it not your true self a negative. Right. We even we even you know when you are in your feelings, right? We're human beings. Feeling human emotion. Get out your bag. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> get out your bag. Yeah. You're always in your feelings. You're always in your feelings. Well, you're right. supposed to, you know, you're a human being. You're supposed right. to be able, but we, we restrict each other as a, an entire culture. Right. Really, American culture right. is like that. Where we're restricted from really expressing. And people say, when you talk about things like that on social media, oh, she's oversharing. That's TMI. That's yeah. too much. She emotional. Right. She emotional all the yeah. time. She do it too yeah. much. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, you know, we, and I can't even lie. Like, I'm guilty. I was reading somebody's <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, girl. And it's just like, <laughs> and maybe you don't have anybody else to talk to. Maybe right. social, so media social media is your is platform that, to do right. that, you oh, know? Right. So, but I, I'm guilty of it. Even <laughs> even in my line of work, like yeah, sometimes right. I'm like, okay, girl, you attention seeking, stop right, it. And I scroll right, right past it, but right. that's just our generation. We were actually having a conversation last night about what type of world do we live in where being nice is like too much. Yeah. Like there's like people who come, they'll open the door, thank you. Or a guy approaches you, I really like your dress. We're like, boy, get out of my face. Right. Like, you're being nice, and we're over here like, oh, you doing, you doing too well, much. And it's, it's a, like you said, it's a part of programming. Now we have to realize, mm -hmm. right? Particularly for for women, for particularly for women in, in American culture, and I really not just American culture. I think it's really all over. You know, men are the hunters, right? And and so from really from the time we're we start getting curves when we're, you know, I remember being twelve or thirteen years old and having grown men. Talk about my body. Walking right. down the street with right. my mother right. and a grown man is saying something to me or even saying something to my mother about my body. You know, so mm. we get taught. It's kind of like when you start that experience from the time you're 12, 13 years old, by the time you're an adult, it's like, you know, it's a cycle of conditioning. You mm -hmm. automatically expect that when they do this, they want something. They want something mm -hmm. because we're taught that that cat calling. You know, growing up in the city, oh my God, it's you know, yeah. it's awful. You know, it's absolutely awful. And even to the extent that if you don't respond, you 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 can be it, with okay. It, uh, yeah, you get uh -huh. called a bitch. And there are times there are women today. This is 2019, mm -hmm. and women are still being murdered for not returning a man's sexual advances. Right. So we have to give space to that because there's a basis to it, and I think it just means that we really need to become cognizant we have to talk about it right we have to start really talking about it and the people that are talking about it and healing of course you know we're in the minority so we're going to get a lot of flack oh, and all this right, other stuff right. but the more we talk about it the more we create space the more people that that are in that space too will come right and they'll feel safe to talk about it right, right. and that's what you all are doing i love that Thank you. and i, I feel like that. there's a lot of also misconception with people who are open like that like say we're a minority mm -hmm. And they feel like the ones that are feel like they're entitled or they're up above or uppity because of the fact that we're a little bit more conscious of our feelings. So they feel like, you know, they're somewhat feel like they're going to get judged by a person like us or we feel like we're better than someone. And it's like that's never the case, you know, especially us doing what we're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, another millennial might look at it and be like, 
oh, they feel like they're top notch, you know what I'm saying? They're this and that and the whatever. They're, I don't want to talk to them. They feel like they got everything together and they know everything. And that's never the case, dude. You know what I'm saying? Most of the things that we talk about, we're going through it. You know yes, what I mean? Like, we're yes. literally going through it. If we say, hey, um, this person's so, so, and so, like, putting up a facade on social media and not being available. You could go on my social media right now. Everything looks peachy perfect. It looks like I am A1 okay because that's just how I'm going to put it out there. But, of course, you go to my page and I distract the millennials page and know you see I'm not that okay. But then on my actual page, it does look like I'm okay. I'm going to post everything about like I'm okay. It looks just, okay to the naked eye, by the to way. The naked because eye. I brought it to your attention that it doesn't look okay. <laughs> it is <But> dark. <laughs> it's very dark. He has no color on his page except one picture, and that's his favorite picture of he and his mother. And you can tell that that's like the light of his life. Everything else is dark. His profile picture is dark. It's a black dot. Well, well not anymore. Now it's a blue dot because of what we did. Girl, he yeah. got the blue dot. Right, <laughs> right. It's the blue a blue dot now. I'm not a picture of myself either, right? Like. It's a blue dot now for blue money, but... Anyway, naked eye though I feel that to but the then, naked eye, it looks right, like it. right. Yeah. But I mean, again though, you know, we're still victim of that too. So yeah, I think we just have to, you know, people again have to understand that it is okay to talk about these things and be vulnerable. You, no one's above anyone in this type of thing, and no one is more advanced or more woke than the next. And we're just out here, you know, we're all trying to learn. Yeah, it's, and you know, uh, your y'all's vulnerability is what makes y'all such beautiful souls. That's just one of the things that just made me just oh my god these two are so are so amazing right. you know it, it that level of vulnerability because it, you're allowing yourself to feel right you're allowing yourself to experience life yeah. right. you know and and although it's that's beginning of the shadow work you know right. although it's difficult I ain't gonna lie it's <laughs> difficult you know Man. it's painful yes. you gotta cry it out you gotta yeah. allow yourself to feel those feelings because I'm telling you. Look, suppressing it, putting it away, only makes it, it worse. It only makes it worse. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, that's what brought me to the brink, the absolute brink. My brain sat me down. Yep. So the fact that you all are doing this healing work now, oh my God, right. let's talk about your future. Where, Rico, where do you see yourself in your future? You know, it's crazy because as you know, she was talking about earlier, I've had goals in a sense, but most of mine were stripped from me. So. Now, uh, to be honest, I've always said I wanted to somewhat be, in a way, a politician. I've always wanted to own my own civilization or at least be a part of raising a society where my kids are... Organization. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it's like they're good. I know that they're protected when they go into society. They're not discriminated against. They're not... You know, things of that sort. And I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to make sure that they see colored people on their TV, which we're getting now in America, but still a little tainted. You know how that goes. So I wanted them to just make sure, like, hey, you're black, you're beautiful, and I don't want anybody telling you anything different. I don't want anything like that. So I've always wanted to kind of get into marketing and politics and just make sure that my child sees that they're able, not just my child, of course, but, you know, all kids growing up, that they're able to see that, hey, you can grow out here. And I think, you know, this podcast alone is you know the broadcast of the video live is very powerful for that because it's like i'm able to tell not just my children other other people too like we're good you know we got this you can do whatever it is that you feel like you need to do color it or not so yeah in my future yeah i see myself kind of changing and shifting a lot of 
ways people think changing the paradigm and things like that because it, it's needed. It's needed. Well, now that you don't tell me you want to get into politics, you know I got you. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> I know, but it's like, that's one of my, but again, a lot of this was strict for me. So for me to be trying to do it now, it's kind of like subconsciously a fear in a way. Because when I used to say things like that, it's like. Fear only exists in the mind. Yeah, true. We, right, as we talked about last night. So it's like, oh my God, I'm actually going to be doing this after I've been told no not to do it because, you know, other fears or, you know. Other people. Other yeah, people's opinions and fears, true. right? Exactly. Yeah. So it being programmed in me, it's like now that I'm doing it. Sometimes there's setbacks because it's like, do I really want to do that? You know, you watch shows out here like Scandal and things of that sort, and it's like, do I really want to do that? But then again, it's like it is needed. It is needed, and 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 just know that um, lots of things. You know, you'll you'll never grow inside of your comfort zone. Period. Yeah. You'll be scared when you grow, but do it anyway. Right. Do it. Mistakes could cost us our life, right? Period. You know, being in the wrong place, yeah. just really mm. things that that could be your life right. still. Yep. But again, when we can't allow our lives to be ruled by that fear, you right? Know, live your best life, right? You know, you keep that in mind, Alicia. What do you see for your future? Ooh. <laughs> uh, like I said, like every year is still a blessing. So, um, right now. I feel like probably, well, I'm 26 in the next three years, uh -huh. this podcast will take off. My nonprofit organization will take off. Okay. And um, we'll, be, we'll be changing the dynamic of a lot of stuff in the next three years. And we'll be moving mountains yes. for those to come. Yes. 30, I will be out of the country. 30, I'll be moving abroad. And these are my goals. Anyway. I'll be moving abroad and starting. To where? Um, I'm thinking either Australia or Brazil because, you know, Australia is still kind of... Um, Still kind of segregated a little bit with the dark. Segregated, they racist as hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but against against Aboriginal people. Yeah. When you're American, you're Black American. It's not the same mm. because. But when you go over there, it's literally the Aboriginal people, the darker tone Australians, who are literally living the same way Black Americans here are living. They're poor. Their jobs are discriminated against. So I want to go somewhere like there or Brazil, Rio de Janeiro, somewhere that's not particularly for us. And I want to go and I want to redesign. I want to do what I'm doing here yeah. over there. Yeah. Yep. Okay, that's man. my goal is to do what I'm doing here over there. Okay. Okay. 